And we are on episode two. Nice. So nice. Uh, here we are. Uh, what's the latest? Let's see. Well, We've got an... Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I just, I just saw this tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj? Woj. Let's say Woj. We're, we're never going to try to pronounce his name. Hassan Whiteside narrowing focus to Miami or Dallas and decision could come quickly on July 1st. Like, could that, like, like, you know, and I hate to do this because I do it every summer and I kind of get my hopes up and then like the Mavericks end up with, you know, George McLeod, but I, could this happen? Okay. So this is the latest. I, uh, found myself in the car today with nothing to listen to as, you know, a big reason for this podcast is there is just no NBA talk out there. I, I just can't get enough NBA talk. It's very disappointing. So I found yeah. myself found myself listening to the Dan Levitard show, which is, okay. I, I like Dan Levitard. It's just not always the best show for whatever reason. And, right. um, they were discussing the scenarios because they don't meet with Durant till Sunday. And yeah. they were like, the only way Whiteside is forcing their hand, he wants the max. And because, you know, he can get a fifth year from them, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. um, okay. but they're like, Pat Riley will not, they, they, him and Mark Stein both agreed, like, there's no way Riley gives up his meeting with Durant to find Whiteside. So yeah, no chance. I think he'd yeah. rather take his chance and then have maybe Durant, and obviously you still got Wade to bring back too. Well, the other thing they threw out, which I did not know, is that Al Horford apparently loves Miami as a city, and yeah. um, they are gonna basically go after Horford hard. And, you know, interestingly, you're starting to hear a pattern because OKC is now going after Horford, and then you also have the Celtics going after Horford and Durant. So it almost looks like, remember back in the, right after OKC got eliminated, there was a rumor that the Celtics have a list of players that Durant wants to play for. And so I'm wondering if, because you're starting to see a pattern now of those two landing at either OKC, uh, Celtics, or Miami. And obviously, if Miami's like, hey, if we get Durant, we get Horford, that may motivate them to let go of Whiteside even, even more so, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that's great because it's a huge gamble and that plays into the Mavs hands very well because there was also a recent tweet, rumor, whatever, that they're going to talk to Batum as well, the Mavericks are. Which leads us to our, because Batum just tweeted like an hour ago, uh, headed to Dallas, uh, you know, see you later Paris or something like that. And um, yeah, yeah. So he's scheduled to meet with Dallas as well. I don't know if it's tomorrow or, you know, maybe Saturday. And people may forget he played with West Matthews in Portland. So there's definitely a connection there. 
And Wes Matthews may turn out to be a better recruiter than Chandler Parsons. Well, what that tells me, two things, 100% Parsons is gone, 100%. Well, and it looks like the Lakers, like no one even, none of the big names even are meeting with the Lakers. So it sounds like they may go all in on Parsons. And then he'll get his wish because he wants to be in L.A. The other thing that um, I read an article on DallasBasketball.com or whatever it's called now, but uh, the uh, they they threw an interesting theory out there that that Dirk has more say in personnel matters than we mm-hmm. give him credit because he's so soft spoken, and they gave an example of how like everyone was against the Rondo trade, but he wanted the Rondo trade because he thought he could make it work, similar to the kid trade. Right. Um, I don't know if any of that's true, but I um, I think it makes a lot of sense because for them to be so out on Parsons, I wonder if he was just like, screw it, you know, <laughs> he's not that good or I, I shoot with him every day, we could do better or he's lazy or something where he just turned Dirk off, you know, and Dirk... I really think he's like sleeper godfather in the Mavericks organization because, like, if he oh, says something, they have to jump. They have to jump absolutely. on it. Absolutely. And look at the guys that have come in and been, I guess, successful. It's like Sean Marion was kind of a reclamation project, but he's a pretty quiet guy. Like, he's yeah. not, you know, real outspoken. Kid, kid's a great leader, but, again, I mean, really soft-spoken. Like, he's not going to come in. And, like, here comes Parsons, and he's way too into the social media, and he's way too into this and that, and then he gets hurt all the time. And, yeah, Dirk may have just been like, yeah, this isn't a good fit, whereas a guy like Wesley Matthews is just a tough guy, just wants to play basketball, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then Batum, there's the European connection. The fact that they would go out and offer Batum the max tells me Parsons is gone because I saw Parsons and Batum as the same player. And um, Oh, I disagree. I think Batum's a much better defender. Yeah, yeah. But like Pars- thought- Parsons is, at the end of the day, Parsons is a one-dimensional player. And any any good defensive numbers he put up while he was in Houston was because Dwight was a little better, and Dwight was back there kind of protecting the rim, whereas, like, Batum, I mean, who has he ever put, you know, Aldridge, but Aldridge isn't necessarily known as a great defender. And then in Charlotte, who's their center, Plumley or <laughs> Zeller? Like, uh, you know, so it's like it's not yeah. like he's, he's getting backed up. So it's like that's a guy you can put on, you know, but Batum can guard Durant. You know, and he can guard, you know, either Draymond Green or Clay Thompson or whoever. And yeah, I'm not saying Batum's a guy who turns us into a contender, but if you think about if we've got Batum, Whiteside, Matthews, well, it's kind of an ideal lineup for Dirk because that's a really yeah. good. That's those three are really good defensively, and then you just need a point guard, which you know you you probably price yourself out of Conley if you get Batum, but you're probably getting Darren Williams back pretty easily, and he's an adequate defender. I mean, you know, again, well, he's got some backup. Yeah, and that, that's what led me, because now everybody's saying Conley's going back to Memphis today. All the rumors are like, oh, yeah, pencil in it, staying in Memphis, yada, yada. And so two scenarios. One, the dream scenario was Conley Whiteside, 
But I'm questioning whether I'd rather have Conley and Whiteside or D-Will, Batum, and Whiteside, which that would definitely be in play. And I I like the idea of point guard being solid, but um, that's that's pretty strong. If I if I think of Dirk as the only defensive liability in the starting lineup, which has to happen if we're going to be successful, that um, that's pretty strong right there of, of a starting right, lineup. And, and if you go ahead and bring like let's say you bring Darren Williams back. Well, you got Beret on the roster, you got Devin Harris, and you got uh you can probably get Raymond Felton. Like point guard was not as long as Darren Williams was healthy last year, point guard was not a huge problem area. You know, yes, Conley is a massive upgrade, there's no doubt about that. But it's not like I don't well, think we'd be I, bad at that spot. I think where we were really bad was at all these other spots where it's like, oh, Parsons is hurt or Matthews is not 100% or, you know, just the center position being Zaza or Dwight Powell or Salah, you know, whoever, right? Well, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, it's it's how you look at the numbers, like team defense versus individual, like, can we keep the point guard in front of us? Because, like, there has been a problem all last year of point guard penetration, point guards, eating us up somewhat. But does that just change with Whiteside? You know, if if if, if you have Whiteside back there and then you have, you know, adequate wing defense with Batum and uh, Matthews, that's definitely going to make D-Will better and Devin Harris better. Um, I don't think anything can make Berea better on defense, but he he's not asked to do that, you know. And so... I think that's an argument that could be made, and I think the year they won, it was all about team defense anyway. So that might just be their priority, to think in that manner, versus we need a guy that could stop Westbrook or Steph Curry. Yeah. Hello? Stop Westbrook, really. You know, except like LeBron. You know, like nobody yeah. in the league. So it's like instead of worrying about these sort of singular talents that are going to kind of get theirs anyway, it's like how do we make it as difficult as possible for them? And yeah. I think having some side look, – look at the difference Salah Mejri made when he came into the games against the Thunder. When yeah. all of a sudden it was like, oh, we don't we don't have a free pass to the basket. Now they figured it out, obviously, and they, they're, they're still better than the Mavericks. But it, it – gave them some trouble just because they had to kind of work around this big man. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think it's uh, it's looking good because I think see Whiteside at midnight and then, um, you know, I could see him saying yes right there, just like hearing nothing from the heat and just being like, screw it. If you guys want me, I'm going. And, you know, and, you know they're going to be pushing hard for him to cancel all his meetings and just come in for the mass, you know? Well, and plus, and, you have to wonder You have to wonder if they could even offer him the mask because of what they would have to offer Durant or Horford and what they're going to end up being Wade, paying Wade because even with the bird rights, I think that eats up a little bit of their cap, right? Yeah, I think they'd have to get rid of somebody. It, you know, they... Dang definitely wouldn't come back and 
rumor is they're trying to dump uh, McRoberts, so oh, okay. no one will no one will take him. <laughs> but uh, in terms of the Mavs, though, if they could secure Whiteside right off the bat, and they're walking into meetings, you know, with with Whiteside trying to get a Batum or a Conley, that's a pretty powerful pitch. Like that bringing bringing Tyson Chandler to meetings last year almost netted uh, Phoenix or Marcus Aldridge, you know? They didn't really have anything yeah. else. So No, they they had nothing and then they just they had that one move and it didn't quite work out for them. But even still, they've kind of rebuilt on the fly and they've got some good young players. Yeah. Yeah, so I think if we could have two, really, if you think about it, any two big signings, any second big signing with Whiteside is totally reshaping us, like, for the future, I feel. Well, if you get one guy, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you've got got Justin Anderson, who everyone kind of thinks, all right, he could develop into a, he's definitely a rotation guy, if not a starter. You've got Whiteside, who's young, and, you know, it's like, okay, maybe we can start to build back up here because, you know, you're, you're going to continue to have money. You know, Cuban's not afraid of spending money. Yeah. Just spending it on him. Um, Calvin Watkins just tweeted that Mike Conley will not meet with the Rockets, according to one of his sources. So that Great. makes it either Memphis or Dallas. Great. For, for Conley. But, yeah, that's going to be... That's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then Memphis is also rumored to go after Parsons. I guess trying to coerce Conley into a, like a Parsons Conley Gasol lineup, which again, all injured lineup potentially. But um, anyways, I think Parsons gone. I think that's okay. I think it was a smart fiscal move on the math part. And uh, this white side thing's looking good, which leads. Uh, I guess we're we're gonna do another pod tonight at midnight. <laughs> Is that the uh, plan? <laughs> eleven well, o'clock. 11, eleven o'clock central. Just yeah. as rumors trickle in. Yeah. So I think uh, I will be calling you whether you pick up. I, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, record the voicemail. Yeah. I'll just be talking to your voicemail. So. Uh, Going back to our last pod, it was uh, pick three three potential reclamation projects for the Mavs uh, or potential, you know, sleeper free agent signings. Did you even come up with one? Yeah, I came up with two and, and maybe a third, maybe a third. Yeah, I but had I a think similar the, list, two and maybe I think a the third. third one is, I think the third one is restricted, so I'm not sure if that one's going to pan out. But it's kind okay. of a if things if things fall through sort of list. Or just a we've maxed out let's say we max out Conley and Whiteside. Like this can go either way. Yeah. But we still want to fill that wing position with someone other than Justin Anderson. So I came up with either Mirza Taletovich who came from the Nets and then was traded to the Suns last year and apparently he's a free agent. And Is he was he's on the Mavs. I think he's unrestricted from the list um, I saw. Sure, they love him. And so, yeah, I think he's someone the Mavs have tried to get before, and I think it's someone who I think would be probably a nice fit. I mean, he's, he's had some big games. Actually, he had one huge game against the Mavericks a couple of years ago. 
Oh, he lit us up. He couldn't miss. Yeah. I, I think it was on like MLK Day or something. And he yeah, was something on, random he, like that. He scored yeah. like 24 points in the second quarter. It was amazing. So, so that's uh, a guy who I think could come in here and like, you know, who knows, you know, kind of like the European connection where it's like I could see him and Dirk working well together. He's yeah. Probably, I don't think he's necessarily a good defender, but I think he's someone who can, if you're just looking to plug in for Parsons, that may not be a bad, a bad get right there. Yeah, I just like him as a shooter who could actually mm-hmm. get rebounds. So, uh, yeah. But that might be a $10 million a year contract, huh? Right, but nowadays it's like your whole starting lineup is probably ten ten million dollars or more. Well, uh, tangent, but do we know is the mid level going to be closer to eight now because of the salary cap? Yeah. Because it's okay, yeah. so it could be a mid level signing. Right, could be that too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got one. It's more of a. Uh, more of a getting the band back together type signing, but I think okay. he would be effective here, and that's uh, Brandon Bass. He's a mm, backup center, okay. backup power forward. That would be in the instance of maybe Dwight Powell signing elsewhere. Uh, Bass opted out. He's good friends with Dirk, and uh, I think he's still good. You know, he's kind of a beast on the boards, which is what we need. We could get him for like four or five million. That's even possible. Yeah, I think I think he could come in and really. I mean, he's he's an effect. He's proven to be a pretty effective NBA player. Not yeah, not spectacular at all, but he's definitely someone you would you would use almost like. And we hardly used him when he was here, but you know when Dewan Blair was here, he was. You know, he, he was great at times. If uh, I had a fourth, in. if I had a fourth guy, that would be my guy. Because Blair. he has no team right now, and we could probably sign him for the minimum. He was yeah. traded. Was traded to Phoenix last year in the Marquise Morris trade, and they cut him mm-hmm. right away, and nobody signed him. It's very strange to me mm-hmm. because uh, he was really good. I, I don't know what happened. Uh, so well, I think he has. He does not have an ACL in either knee. <laughs> Still. He dominated Spurs in that first round no, series two years ago. I, I agree, but that's that's why he was a second round draft pick, and I think that's been a factor in a lot of people kind of uh, his approach. And, and I guess he's never just played well enough to really stick somewhere. Hmm. But yeah, he has no ACL. Um, well, okay. I mean, so he's, go ahead. I was going to go to my second guy, but if you want to finish up on Dewan Blair. Well, no, I mean, he signed a three-year, I think, $12 million contract uh, a few years ago. So it, it's like Mavs weren't going to pay him, but they definitely, Wizards paid him. And so I, I, I don't know. I'm just curious what he has left. It's, it's strange to me. There's just no word of him at all. So I think if he wants to yeah. play, I'd like to see him in Dallas for the minimum. That would be great. Good team guy. I, I would agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, go on. You're the second guy. My second guy, and this guy has been relied upon by a number of teams and has never come through. Okay, I like this. Jeff, Jeff Green. Oh, boy. Drafted drafted by the Celtics, I think, 
traded yeah. immediately as part of the Ray Allen deal to the no. Sonics. Oh, yeah, you're right? right, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then ended up playing with Durant for a number of years and then was traded back to the Celtics for Perkins. Yep. Uh, and then since then, I think he was traded, he was most recently on the Clippers. Memphis but and then to the Clippers. Memphis. Yep. Oh, yeah, Memphis and then the Clippers. So it's like he's been on four or five teams in his NBA career. He's been a starter for a number of those teams but then has never really kind of gotten over the top as far as, like, a great player. But I think, like, that's a really quality NBA player if that's, like, who you have, who you end up with as your starter. Now, I don't know if he's a bad team guy or what kind of chemistry issues he may bring. I don't know about any of that. But it's someone that I saw was an unrestricted free agent, and I don't see anybody uh, – I don't see anybody else really getting after him. Well, what I think you have with Jeff Green is an intensity issue, uh, reminiscent of maybe O.J. Mayo, where all the tools are there and he'll have one in maybe every eight games where you're just like, whoa, that guy's awesome. And then the other seven, uh, he just vacillates to complete, complete complacency to average to, you know, uh, just very frustrating player. I I think right. the fact that he went back to Doc Rivers' team and he still didn't really do that much that well, at best he was a pretty good defender, I would scratch him off the list only because I think the Mavs are really good at developing skills in players. I don't know if anybody's good at developing intensity. And, you know, like Alfred Gamun... Um, Al Farouk Aminu is a good example because, like, he was always intense. He was just wild, you know? Right. And they really focused him in on, okay, you shoot threes, you play defense, you rebound, that's it. And he was awesome after his one year, got his big payday in Portland. I mean, I'm. that leads me to my second guy who, a uh, bit of a controversial pick here, uh, but most recently was... Uh, MVP of the EuroLeague that he played in and uh, has been rumored to come back to the NBA this year and has been rumored to be speaking with one of the teams uh, we speak of, the Mavericks, and that is uh, Jan Vesley. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, okay. 6'11", yeah. small, small forward, power forward. Um, average 20 and six rebounds for his, uh, I think it's a Turkish team uh, that made the finals against Real Madrid. So uh, I I think he's perfect for Mavs Reclamation Project 2016, you know? Uh, yeah, they'd he, probably get him for what, $5 million a year or something like that? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. And then uh, just, just another sort of... Uh, Al Farouk Aminu type player where it's like super athlete, just focus him on shooting threes and uh, playing defense. And uh, I think he would love it being back in Dallas, good good locker room. And then uh, maybe he's just more mature player right now. I think he's 26. Yeah, I think he was young coming into the league, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like he number, was... Yeah, pick number six overall six. by like Washington. The, Wizards, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that's that a, guy a lot. That's a pretty good one. I didn't. I, I yeah. I think I remember hearing his name uh, like a few weeks back, but then I kind of forgot about it. But yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I think that's one there. Um, okay, so my last one, and I think he might be restricted, but I think he's pretty good. Myers Leonard from Portland. Yes, I like Myers. And he's kind of like a more developed Dwight Powell. Yeah. Like he's got a pretty good skill set. He can roll to the rim. Like, you know, he can rebound. He's decently athletic. Like, he can do, you know, he's not spectacular, but he's a pretty solid guy to have in the mix. And I think, again, if, if Powell goes and we kind of maybe lose out on Whiteside, and if we're just kind of lost, it's like, why not go pay him a, a decent amount for a couple of years, and he could develop into something uh, yeah, pretty good. I, I don't think anyone's going to go crazy with a contract for him. That's true. I don't like the pick, though, if we do get Whiteside. Because you got Whiteside, Hammond, Measury. Um, I, I, it would depend on the money, I guess, at that point, because I don't know how much he's playing, you know? Well, and I agree that if we get those other guys, then it's like, all right, maybe you sign, try to sign Dwight Powell, but you're kind of fine walking, you know, you're kind of good with the front court at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Which leads us back to the backcourt. Uh, now, this isn't much of a sleeper free agent as much as I'm pretty confident she won't have a team in two weeks and we may be able to get them on the cheap. <laughs> And that is, uh, I was going to say one name, but I'll throw out either name. Well, no, I'll just say one name. That is none other than uh, Deshaun Stevenson 2.0, Lance Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to I was afraid you were going to say J.R. Smith, which I was going no, to disagree with. I almost said uh, Lance Stevenson and Dion Waiters, but I... I I don't think I could stomach Deion Waiters. Like, I, I think we could sign Lance Stevenson. We could sign him for, like, one-year deal, five or six million. Or maybe he'll take a three-year deal, five or six million. And we just, all he does is play defense, you know, and shoot threes. <laughs> oh, my God, that's all they do. But um, if he became Deshaun Stevenson, we've, we've basically reshaped, rec- recreated our championship team, Right. No, I uh, I actually like that pick. Um, I really like Lance Stevenson. I mean, he was awesome in Indiana. And yeah. then he's, he's gone to Charlotte and the Clippers and the Grizzlies, I think, since then, and has done little to nothing. But I think part of that is because, you know, in Charlotte, he was kind of asked to be the man, and that wasn't yeah. a great role for him. Exactly. Um, I think the Clippers, it's like, look, we've got our big three, and, and a little bit of the same in Memphis. It's like the way they play. It's like, look, we're going to lob it into the post and we're going to let him post up. Whereas I think with Carlisle's offense and just a little bit more freewheeling, he could come in and, I mean, he could score 15 a game easily just because of the ultimate. Or he could get six a game, you know? And I think uh, he's the kind of person that if if he notices a crack in the locker room, he'll gravitate to the weak point. So... Having a strong infrastructure with Cuban Carlisle Dirk, I think could keep him better in line 
than maybe, uh, you know, what they had in Memphis or Charlotte. I'm sure he never respected that place for what it could be. Clippers, I could see Chris Paul just being really difficult to deal with and just started riding, he just started riding Lance and Lance turned was turned off by it, you know? Right, And right. so I could see it being a total psychological issue and he could come here and just mesh and maybe it works, you know? So that's... And he's still only, isn't he still only like 26 or something crazy like that? I think he's 20 seven at the oldest. So it's just like so much potential for him to straighten out his career if he could just kind of get in the right system, you know? Right. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a good one. Yeah. I wouldn't mind right. seeing him here anyway, even not as like a, oh, kind of a backup guy, like if everything falls through. It's like that may not be a bad guy to just get because he'd be cheap and I think he yeah. could be effective. If you could get him for the mid-level or less, I I think he's perfect in our system to kind of our latest reclamation project, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I really like that idea because we've proven, like, we turn outcasts into, like, more than contributors, like good players. And it's just like, I think starting all the way back from Nick Van Exel, huh? We started that pattern. Even Jason Terry was kind of an outcast in uh he was kind of just, I think in Atlanta, they had just gotten like, oh, he's not going to be much better, you know, because they had him at point yeah, guard. Right. He was just kind of a guy in yeah. Atlanta and came here and was awesome. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Like, I think there's been a pretty good pattern. I mean, remember, nobody wanted Sean Marion. Toronto pretty much gave him away. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wanted Monta Ellis. Uh, right. Nobody wanted... There's there's quite a few we're totally forgetting. Vince Carter. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Well, Raymond what? Felton. Raymond Felton, even, yeah. So, Alfred Gaminu. Um, I mean, usually there's two or three a year we try to, like, bring back to life and get value out of. Very good at that. Right. And so, so... No, I, I like Lance Steele. Bring him in on, like, maybe a two-year deal. Maybe, like, two for 20. Yeah. A two for 15. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last last tidbit for this pod is um, there was a rumor. It's not really a rumor. It's it's true that uh, Jamal Crawford's meeting with the Mavericks tomorrow, at least in the next couple days as well. I have heard that. What are our thoughts on that? Uh, He is like... I mean, when he's on, it's like, all right, he could score 40 points tonight. And then otherwise, he's just kind of an all right NBA player. I mean, yeah, he doesn't get me excited, but I could also see him coming in here and, like, there's a couple games that it's like, oh, my God, we, we won that game because it's Jamal Crawford. It's almost well, like we're, we're running back the Monte Ellis thing, like, without the baggage. But it's like when Monte would get going, it was just like, oh, okay, here we go. And Monte would just take over and hit shots from all over the place. And Crawford's kind of the same way, and he's coming in with less of a bad attitude talk. I, I don't, I think, I don't think he's like that. But yeah, you know, I, I'm just kind of eh, whatever. It's not a big. Uh, I don't see it as a big uh, get or a big loss either way. Yeah, my take is, I 
think this is Carlisle saying, I need a scorer off the bench. I need an established scorer off the bench. Because for the last, I think last year was the first year in his tenure that he didn't have a solid scorer coming off the bench. Or was it, has it been the last two years? I'm trying to think. When did Vince Carter leave? Two years ago, right? Just uh, now after, yeah, maybe it was two years ago. Yeah, because, like, Jason Terry turned into Vince Carter, and that right there covered the duration of Carlisle's time here. He's always had, like, basically a second tier, has not have been, but kind of like, here's a guy that I know can score instantly when I put him in the game. And um, I wonder if that's Carlisle being like, I need a guy like that if if we really want to contend. Like, I need well, a guy. Well, and I think... I think David Lee kind of came in and filled that role last year. He really did. And, and, uh, and I'm not saying, like, that's an adequate replacement compared to those other guys. I'm just saying, like, last year, it seems like that I, that was the guy. I really like David Lee still, and I, I hope we re-sign him for a reasonable amount of money, like, in terms of cheaper than more expensive, because uh, I think he's really good. I agree. Yeah, he's he's a skilled player, and I think he's just got to be. He's good with the ball in his hands, and I yeah. think he's a good he's a good rebounder. Um, and for a team last year, we were so bad on the board. Yeah. So if you don't, again, it kind of goes to the if you don't get Whiteside and you're kind of searching around for people, you better keep David Lee because he's gonna he's gonna probably get you ten and eight every game. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh... So I think that's where we're going with it. I'm okay with Jamal Crawford if we sign him because we definitely need somebody who can create, you know, scoring for themselves. And uh, that was a big problem for us against better defenses. Um, So I like him. He's old, though. So, excuse me, you never know when that's going to just fall, when that guy's going to fall off a cliff and just suck like Vince Carter has in Memphis. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's a risk you take, and I, I would actually be surprised if if the Mavericks took that risk. I wonder if they're just kind of trying to be like out there with everybody because that that makes the least sense of all their meetings, you know. Uh, I would agree. Yeah, there's nothing about that that makes you think like, oh, okay, yeah. No, all right. I could see that getting like, yeah. That's that's not really, not. It's just not appealing. I don't know. Yeah, that about sums it up. <laughs> it, it just doesn't. Well, because it doesn't. Re, does it make us better, really, in any way? I think like, it not, does, depending on other signings. But the fact that it makes us older is what I don't like. Like it may yeah, work for a year. You know, right. it may. Right. Um, but then we still can't even count on it next year if it works for a year. And that's the part that I'm like, eh. Well, yeah. and that's that's how I felt. Like when we brought in Monte Ellis, it's like, okay, he's young. But I was like, this is not a, oh, we got Monte and we're here for 10 years. Yeah. You know, it's like he always kind of knew. It's like, all right, he could fill in for a couple of years. And he was effective for a couple of years, but just not. You know, now Indiana's trying to unload him. Yeah. Oh, really? I think so. I think I read something about that um, 
or they might be because of kind of the trades they've made and he's sort of odd man out. But, you know, I mean, and that's a guy there. I think the other thing to watch out for, aside from free agency, is kind of being opportunistic with trade opportunities. If yeah, people start I agree. to clear out money. Like I heard I heard Norm on the ticket talking this morning about how uh, Oklahoma City would have to trade someone like Cantor in order yeah. to fit Hor- Horford and Durant under the cap. And it's like, wouldn't we love to get cancer, you know? Well, I, I agree. And so, like, right now, if we can just get Whiteside, our plan Bs and Cs towards, you know, after Conley are looking really good because we can just play cleanup on salary dumps and pick up some good picks or players, too. So, yes. and two things to the Mavs' credit, like, kudos to them for not giving Ellis or Chandler Parsons the max. It's like, that's a tough call when you have an established player, but um, I'm glad they didn't just give in, you know, to just keep talent and just think, oh, we could just trade them away if we don't want them, because that's a trap, too. And then, um, you know, like the Matthews contract, is really not going to look as bad once the cap is ninety-five, a hundred million dollars. No, I so agree. It was ridiculous he, last year, but you know, I think he could be really good the next three years. No, I I totally agree. And then I think uh, also to them, they have drafted well the past two or three years. The the Indian guy they drafted last year was just to kind of please DeAndre's agent, so that's a throwaway. But I mean. Right. Justin Anderson, A.J. Hammonds, and then three years back, Jay Crowder in the second round. Like, they're they're drafting much more smartly. So you have to think if they veer towards a Spurs dynamic where they're, they're plugging in young guys every year, developing them, you know, maybe one out of three becomes a really good player and three out of three become rotational guys. I mean... We're, we're back on track. If Dirk could just play another 10 years, you know, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we'll end it. Yeah. Dirk needs to play another 10 years. <laughs> we could just get old man Dirk until he's 58. What, how old is he now? 38? Please, 48. 48. Yeah, 48 think, years old. I think we're going to be in good shape. Yeah. All right, next next pod at 11.01 tonight. Oh, 11.01 tonight. Book it. All right. See ya. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.